welcome to episode 79 of the Family Inch Man podcast. We are talking about becoming a better husband in 2024 from a biblical worldview today on the Family Inch Man podcast. I'm your host, David Orgis, and I am here with Dr. Mark Crosby, uh, pastor, educator, marriage, and family therapist, and the resident expert on the Family Inch Man podcast, where we tackle tough questions that families face and discuss practical solutions that really do work. Now, this podcast is not a therapy session. We're not able to give specific advice to your situation. But we do believe that mental and spiritual health are very serious issues and family dynamics can be and often are very complicated. So for in-depth answers to your questions, we encourage you to seek professional counsel specific to your unique circumstances. Now, if you would take a second right now just to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, hit the notification bell, uh, you will never miss an episode of The Family Answer Man if you do that. And if you're listening via podcast, take a moment to uh, follow us, to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Uh, It really does help us out, and we greatly appreciate all of that uh, when you do it. Uh, If our content has helped you at all, please share The Family Answer Man with your family and your friends so they can join you on this journey of building stronger, healthier, happier families. Well, Dr. Mark, uh, we are here and we have a question about becoming a better husband in 2024. So uh, men, listen up. (laughs) Ladies, turn up the volume. Uh, We've got a great question for today. Yeah. Uh, so our question, if you do want to send in your question, you can email us at familyanswerman at liveoak.church. Again, that's familyanswerman at liveoak.church. We would love to answer your questions for you. Um, our question for today is this. It says, I am a new Christian. Mm-hmm. I come from a very abusive home, mm. and my marriage has struggled for years. Yeah. I want to be a better husband in 2024. Where do I start? Wow. I mean, that's a great goal for, the, for a new year or for any time for that matter. And the thing is this, is that a lot of men, unfortunately, and many who are listening, I think maybe will agree to this, that we don't give that a lot of thought. We get married, you go on our honeymoon, uh, honeymoon's over, so Mm. to speak, as far as the actual vacation. uh, And then we start life. Yeah, We we go to work, we come home, you know, and if we're not careful, we will begin to follow the pattern of our parents mm. because that's what we know. There's commercials even about this. You know, don't become your don't parents. Don't become your dad. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so what happens is we do because as men, the first uh, example we have of what a man is like is from our dads. And so what happens is we consciously or subconsciously begin to follow that pattern. And so if that person, if that dad was neglectful, if that dad was absent, if that dad was abusive, if that dad was angry all the time, if that dad had an addiction, Mm. uh, if that dad was warm and loving, if that dad was invested and involved, uh, if that dad was a great coach, if that dad was a great leader in the home or in the church or or both, uh, then what happens is some of that begins to find its way into our life. Because that's what we learned a man is and what a man does. Right. Uh, I ask men all the time, who taught you how to be a man? Never forget one time years ago, hmm. uh, I had a person uh, in, in my office, and this person was basically uh, neglecting his wife, neglecting his kids. Uh, he was gone a lot. <clears throat> Sometimes he didn't have to be gone. Uh, he was away a lot, and he didn't have to be away. 
And so I kind of got the backstory, and basically that was what his dad would say or do. Mm. Uh, his dad was gone all the time. His dad was an absent father. His dad neglected the family. And so I asked him the question. I said, how, I said who taught you how to be a man? And he said, nobody. And I said, well, you had a dad, right? And he goes, yeah, and he was always gone. Mm. So he didn't teach me anything. And I said, no, you're wrong. Wow. Because you're doing exactly what he did. Yeah. And so the point is, is that is that we're all guilty of that on some level to some degree because, you know, we, we learn from hearing and seeing. We, we learn from the examples that are around us. And so what happens is, if we're not careful, we'll bring that pattern into our family. Dr. Myron Madden used to always say that, that you know, any unresolved issue that you have with the opposite uh, gender of your family of origin, you'll bring into your marriage. Right. So if you had a problem with your mom, you'll bring that into your with your wife if daughters had a problem with their dad they'll bring that into their husband uh, to their husband so what happens is is that that nuclear family that we're raised in really impacts our lives far more than we realize far hmm. more than what we want to understand and far more than we believe in so the question simply is this you know i want to be a better dad i don't want to be the kind of dad that my dad was as i'm hearing this question uh his dad was abusive his dad perhaps uh, cause problem and pain, therefore, in the home. And he's a new Christian now. Right. And as a new Christian, you know, he wants to be a, a better person, a better man, a better follower of, of Jesus. And so one of the greatest ways of doing that is to be the husband that God has called you to be. And I think sometimes as men, we forget that, yeah, following Jesus is a great thing. It's an amazing thing. It's a wonderful thing. But part of following Jesus is, again, treating our wives the way Jesus treated the church. Yeah, I mean, that's that's <clears throat> what we're told in Scripture. Exactly. Ephesians 5 makes it clear. Husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church. So we're going to unpack that for a minute. And so, again, this is a very humble and noble place to start the new year for, for every man. Absolutely. To, to be you know, a better husband. And and they, what I get from a lot of people is, you know, so what is the difference between a functional and dysfunctional family? Because many husbands are saying, I don't want a dysfunctional family. <clears throat> but everyone looks around and goes, hey, we've got problems. We've got concerns. We've got marital issues. We've got kids that are, you know, failing the fourth grade. Uh, we've got problems with our neighbors, you know, whatever. And so I guess we're dysfunctional, right? And I'll say no. And they go, what is a functional family? What is a dysfunctional family? So let's break that down real quickly. Uh, here's what I will tell you. A dysfunctional family lives in denial. Hmm. A dysfunctional family lives in denial. In other words, they will deny there's a problem. They will deny they have a problem. They will deny their anger or their addiction is a problem. They will deny their abuse or their abandonment is a problem. They'll, they will live in denial. Or they will never seek any help. A person who lives in denial, a person who never seeks help, or a person who pretends everything is okay, or they pretend they have it all together, or when you ask them how you're doing and everybody knows your life's falling apart and they say, I'm fine, I'm okay, don't worry about me, that's dysfunctional. Mm, okay? okay. Whereas a functional family, a functional person, they'll admit, I've got a problem. They'll admit that we are not on the same page. They'll admit things aren't going well. They'll admit we're having a hard time communicating, whatever it may be. And they will seek help. And even better, they will begin to apply the knowledge that they're gaining. That's so crazy because you would 
honestly look at those two things and almost flip-flop them. You would mm-hmm. say that people that have it together that are able to manage those, well, that's the functional family. Right. The one that admits like, hey, we're a mess. Right. That would be the dysfunctional family, but it's opposite. It's opposite because the thing is, we're all we're all problematic, okay? We're all a hot mess. Okay, everybody out there who's listening to me, you know, in spite of what delusion or or, or, or denial you may be in, we're all a hot mess. So guys, take some relief in knowing that, that you don't have to be perfect. <laughs> exactly. We're all problematic. I mean, that's what the Bible teaches. There's none righteous, no, not one. Mm-hmm. We've all sinned, fall short of the glory of God. So, you know, so again, once you realize, hey, I've got a problem, my family has a problem, my marriage is a problem, and I want to seek some help. Mm. I need to apply some knowledge. I need some coaching. I need to admit I have a problem. That's functional. Okay, you can do something with that person. Uh, you know, if if a person goes in, into the doctor's office and it is obvious they have 104 fever, and the doctor says, you know, are you, mm. how are you feeling? I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. Yeah, <laughs> little, little temperature, baby, but I'm okay. Yeah. No, I mean the doc- that, that's that's not going to get you the help that you need. Yeah. So there are five things that I think that then every successful husband must apply in their marriage. And there's perhaps more, but for the sake of time and just to kind of keep everybody's attention, uh, there are five things I just want you to kind of think about. Uh, again, number one, husbands, the Bible teaches this time and time again, make sure your wife knows that she's loved. Now, whenever I say that, the natural reaction is, well, my wife knows that I love her. And she may have the knowledge, she may know that you loved her, that you love her, but if she is not receiving love from you, knowledge can only go so far. She needs to know, again, and feel the emotion. She needs to know Mm. and feel the connection. She needs to know and feel the attachment. And so we've talked about this before. Uh, One way of doing that, as we've said before, is speaking her love language. And so for a brief review, uh, guys, real quickly, uh, your wife is going to speak a, a love language in one of five ways. Number one, spending time. So your wife may be the one that says, hey, just spend some time with me. Sit by me. You know, go to the store with me. Uh, let's go do something together. Uh, let's go watch a movie. That's spending time. Let's just take a walk. Let's just, you know, have a long two-hour, you know, dinner somewhere and just spend time with each other. Uh, for some women, it's gifts. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Valentine's Day is not that far away, you know, now. Uh, you just had Christmas. You know, gifts are important for, for some women. And if you know that about your, your wife, make sure you she gets the gifts that she's been kind of hinting mm. at. Or, hey, I really like that on TV. Or, hey, did you notice so-and-so wears this or so-and-so has that? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. spend time with them. If that's their love language, give them gifts. Uh, for some women, it's acts of service. Mm. Uh, I have said... I've had many wives say to me that when she walked in and saw her husband vacuuming the floor, that was amazing for her. And she just felt loved, you know, or he was folding the towels, but acts of service. Uh, for some women, it's words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. You know, you look really great. You're, you're really, you know, looking wonderful today. That was really amazing uh, what you did. So affirming her and her actions and her appearance. And also for some women, it's affection. Some women love, you know, that physical touch and that physical affection. But the point is, know her language. Her love language, yep. And and, and if you don't know it 
And if you're not sure what it is, then ask her. Right. And that that's going to seem weird. And especially for guys, sometimes it's weird, especially if you've been married for a while mm-hmm. and then say, okay, to, to have to admit, I might not know my wife's love language, right? Or it may have changed. Right. Or there you go. Right. And so yeah. sometimes we may need to either ask or if our wife doesn't know and can't express that, there's no shame in saying, hey, I found this really cool test. Yeah. I took mine. Right. Would, Would you take yours? Exactly. Shrewd as a serpent, innocent as a dove. <laughs> and the, th- the thing is this, is that, and maybe this could be one of those conversations you have uh, with your spouse, with your wife, uh, as you're taking a, a long drive. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to see, you know, her, her, her mother, or you're going to go see your mom or your in-laws or whoever. And it's a three-hour mm-hmm. drive. And so what do we talk about? Well, how about we talk about this? Yeah. You know, you know, hey, I came across this. I heard this, you know, you know, person on the radio talked about love language, you know, what, let's talk about this for a minute. So again, understand that, speak her love language. And also mm-hmm. know too that, that love, you know, basically has several different definitions. Uh, mm-hmm. We have, in our language, as we said before, we only have one word for love, and that's just love. Uh, but in the Greek, there's agape, which is unconditional love. She needs to know you love her unconditionally. Because she's going to mess up. She's going to disappoint you. She's going to let you down. She's going to forget. She's going to, you know, hurt your feelings, whatever. But when she knows that you love her unconditionally, that speaks the world to her. Uh, the next is phileo, which is a, a type of love you have between two friends. Uh, she needs to know that you're her best friend. Mm-hmm. She needs to know that, you know, you want to do things with her. You enjoy being around her. Uh, the next is storge, which is that love for family. She needs to know that, hey, we're family. You, We are life partners. We're going to raise a family together. We are forever connected. And then there's eros, where we get the word erotic. And so the point is, is that marriage is the only relationship with all four of those love languages and all four of those definitions of love, if you will, come together. Yeah. And so, and so be aware of that. So the first thing is speak her language. Second, next of all, if you're kind of keeping count, sacrifice for her. Let her know that you're willing to sacrifice whatever it takes that for her to know that you love her. You know, mm-hmm. if that means work, if that means helping around mm-hmm. the house, if that means taking care of the kids, that that means getting up before she does and it's cold outside and starting her car and <laughs> warming right. it up for her. If that means, you know, staying up late at night so that she can get some things done mm-hmm. and you take care of things, whatever that may be, but sacrificing for her. And then thirdly, uh, serving her. And so again, when you are speaking her language and when you are sacrificing for her and when you are serving her, that speaks love in a unique and wonderful way. Uh, speaking of serving, then, then next of all, be a servant leader. Uh, most wives want their husbands to be a servant leader, meaning this. Jesus was a servant leader. He led, but he also included. You know, he, he led but he also taught mm. and he taught in a way that was, that was understandable. He led, but he also helped, you know, he led, but he also again provided. And so the point is, is that a servant leader is the kind of leader that, that most wives want their husbands to be because that's the kind of leader Jesus was, yeah. you know, he served, uh, he washed the feet of the disciples. Uh, he provided for them. Uh, he taught them, he loved them. Uh, but he's also the leader of them, and they recognize that. And so most most wives want that servant leader husband. The point is, and the, and the difference is that so many men uh, want to be the tyrant. 
Ooh, wow. You know, they, they want to be, you know, uh, serve me. You know, where's right. my this? Where's my that? And get my this. You know, Different the, kind of leader. Exactly. Yeah. Where, where they're demanding and, and they're forceful and, and they're intimidating and, and all these things, maybe even bordering on abusive because maybe that's what they grew up seeing. But a servant leader is going to be mm-hmm. a more kind, more gentle, more serving, more interactive, but yet and still having a plan for the family as to where we want to go and what we want to do and what would be helpful. But yeah. also being open you know, to what is, is, is happening around them. Also, too, and this is something that uh, I tell, tell dads all the time, remember peanut butter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and you'll remember that because of the P and the B. Okay. okay? P stands for provide. Men provide. The Word of God makes it abundantly clear that if you do not provide for your family, you're worse than an infidel. So provide, be able, be willing to live only on your income if necessary. Now, I know that really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way when I just said that. But but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The roommate mentality is I work and you work and we kind of pool our money together. And that's fine for a roommate mentality. But sometimes wives, as they become mothers, their emphasis may be on the children. Right. So the point I'm making is get to a place to where if you have to, if you need to, and if she would like for you to, to be able to, again, provide for your family. You may have to cut some corners, may have to reduce some things, okay? But be willing to provide and live only on your income if necessary. Right, right. Uh, because sometimes the wife may not be able to work. She may not be able to find the job. She may want to raise the children, whatever. So provide. Number two, protect. Not all dangers basically are what I call natural dangers. Right, which are the ones that we typically focus on. Yeah, the burglar, yeah. The, you know, the the serial killer in the in the in the in the community or whatever it may be. But the point is, is that a lot of things come into your living room. Mm. A lot of things come across your computer. A lot of things come into your life. A lot of things come, you know, uh, into your place of business, into her place of business. So be able to protect her uh, and provide for her. That's the P. But the B is bless her. Proverbs thirty one, you know, talks about uh, the man saying to his wife, "Many daughters have done well." but you excel them all. <laughs> you know, I, I think sometimes we forget to bless our wife. Sometimes we forget to tell her that you are the most, you know, blessed man on the planet because God brought her into your life. Yeah. You know, and women love to hear that. We all love to hear that, but we don't do that enough. We don't say that enough. We don't bless our spouse enough. So bless her. Uh, bless her with, again, those words, bless her with that sense of, hey, what is it that you want to do? Where would you like to go? Uh, let me do this for you. Uh, let me take this off of your shoulders. Let me be a part of this uh, area of your life, whatever it may be. But but bless her. Um, so many times, uh, again, we, we want to see our wives as objects. Uh, we want to see them as our uh, servants. And some women have said, you know, I'm not your mom. Right. You know, I'm not your mom. Uh, Sometimes we just want to see our wife as the one who cooks and cleans. Mm. And so never does a wife feel, if you will, when they're in that category, that they're blessed. Right. So uh, bless her. Um, And fourthly, boundaries. Uh, Create guardrails. Create boundaries so that you're not allowing temptation to enter into your life. Uh, The one thing that every wife is concerned about is will someone else... 
take the affection away from me, uh, take my husband's affection away from me? Um, you know, will someone else get my husband's attention? Will someone else turn his head? Will someone else uh, mm-hmm. get between us? And so have those guardrails we've talked about before. You know the boundaries. Create boundaries between you and maybe that coworker or people that maybe want to get uh, overly involved in your life. So have your boundaries and have your guardrails. Mm-hmm. Next, let the Word of God be applied. Uh, Again, as we said before, a kind word turns away wrath. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give the devil an opportunity. These are all scriptures that, again, when we bring them into our family, when we bring them into our marriage, when we apply them to our life, really does make a difference. And for this guy who's a a new Christian, uh, the more you can absorb the Word of God, the more you can read the Word of God, the right. more you can apply the Word of God, the more, as David said, hide the Word of God in your heart mm. that you may not sin against God, the better off you're going to be. Uh, what we all know is this. <clears throat> what we bring into our life comes out of us. Yeah, yeah. And so the more you're listening to sermons, the more you're listening to sound counsel, the more you're reading the Bible, mm. uh, the more you are you know, hearing the Word of God, that's what's going to come back yeah. and come out of you. The more yeah. it comes in, is what's going to come out. Some people say, "Oh, I'm not a reader, right?" And especially guys, you you hear that, and oh, yeah. man, you can you can listen to James Earl Jones read the Bible to you, and that's I mean, yeah, can't get any better than that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so and so, especially if you are if you commute a lot or travel a lot, or if you you know work you know in the city or whatever, and you're in these you know you know two hour traffic jams or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, it's a great way to redeem the time. Yeah. You know, if you work at a plant in a long distance away, you know, instead of listening just to, you know, some, you know, babble of, of music or whatever, put in a tape, mm-hmm. you know, put in a CD, put, you know, li- listen to a podcast, listen to this program, whatever you, you know. But the point is, uh, redeem the time. Yep. Let the things that God wants to say to you uh, come into your heart and life through his word. Uh, next, invest in your wife and family. In other words, how do you create opportunities for connection? You know, be creative of traditions. Hey, every, you know, last weekend of the month, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Or every, you know, Monday that we have a holiday, we're going to do that. You know, we're going to take time for this. We're going to take time for that. But be creative. Uh, so many times uh, as men, and I'm not, you know, knocking this necessarily, but so many times as men, we either A, don't plan anything. Or B, we just kind of sit around the house and do nothing. Or we use that as I've got a, so much to do around the house. You know, I got to focus on all these other things that you miss opportunities to do mm-hmm. something interesting or fun or exciting or memorable um, or or just exceptional with with your family. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's great advice too because it's you know it is easy to you feel like you have all the demands at work right. and and that's your primary where a lot of times guys are creative at work they come up with solutions they're right. fixing solving problems right. and it's like oh well I'm at home I just want to rest right I right. want you to go ahead and take care of all the creative work. Right of right. the scheduling, the planning, coming yeah. up with, you know, yeah. and how many times do you hear that from wives? It's all the time. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. you know, I want you to take initiative on this. I want mm-hmm. you to plan a vacation. I want you to do these things. And, and yeah, and if we're creative at home, right. that does show investment in our wife and our family. It does. And they, and they appreciate that. And they, and they love that. And that's, and that, you know, really resonates with them. And, mm-hmm. and look, I know we all work hard and we all have long hours. We yeah, all have these absolutely. crazy jobs and we all have things that, that, that are demanding. 
And and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have some time for ourselves. I'm not saying that. I'm not right. saying that we shouldn't rest. I'm not saying that there aren't things. Hey, got to cut the grass, got to wash the car. Mm-hmm. Got it. But what I'm saying is, is that if we don't take the time to carve out some time, yeah, then weeks turn into months, and months turn into years, and pretty soon, you know, that son or daughter is taken off, you know, to college or taken off to the military, taken off mm-hmm. to their own family or to their own job, whatever. They're moving out of the house, and you start singing. Uh, you know, cats in the cradle, cats right? in the cradle, yeah. exactly. You know, and uh, and so for those of you who are not familiar with that song, <laughs> Google it. It's a great song. It will yeah. motivate you, Dad, yeah. oh, to yes. kind of get involved and invested in the lives of your kids when they're small. But yeah, that, that that's so important. So the point is, invest in your wife, invest in your family, traditions, mm-hmm. vacations, projects, whatever it may be, um, and also too, uh, as we've said many many times before, husbands create, discover that unique hobby, that unique interest for you and your spouse, for you and your wife. Uh, it may be a seasonal hobby. You know, maybe you do something around the holidays, or maybe it's a, a service project you do together at church, or maybe it's a special event that y'all do, maybe a performance or something along those lines, or maybe it's a workout routine, or maybe, you know, it's a particular place that you go eat every Friday night. But the point is, is that have that special this is our unique thing. And husbands, again, I'm going to lean on you really hard. Sometimes you have to be the one who's creative in doing that. And many times she'll follow that lead and she'll give you feedback. She'll say, look, um, I don't like this restaurant or I don't like the gym, but I really like, you know, biking, you know, around the neighborhood with, with the little ones. Okay, then that's what we do. And, and you take 30 minutes or an hour, but you do it together and you do it in a way that's exciting. Or it could be something, again, quarterly or monthly. But whatever it is, figure it out, learn how to do it, do it together and really enjoy it, talk about it, improve upon it, et cetera. Uh, we forget that so many times. When, I, yeah. when I'm in counseling with, with couples, one of the things I will ask them is, what do you do together mm-hmm. that's your thing? And when I see the deer in the headlight look, <laughs> when when they say nothing, or when they yeah. say we are just too busy, yeah. or the kids are just too demanding, and that and I get that you know, we are busy and we have demanding lives mm-hmm. with our kids, but it doesn't have to be something every night or every day. But if there's not something, that to me is a red flag, mm. because what's what's happening is you are starting to become business partners in the business of raising kids instead of being husband wife. Wow. And and business partners are fine, but the reality is you begin to lose that affection and that connection. Yeah. When you're when when all that you are is are business partners. Mm-hmm. So again, that's important to note. Um, because here's the thing, Dr. William Glasser, who I think was the greatest psychiatrist of the 20th century, uh, said that your relationships determine so much about you. And the Bible teaches this as well. And this is why I think uh, I, I lean heavily on what Dr. Glasser said. But he says relationships determine your emotional health. And he says relationships determine your mental health. He says, show me someone who has a very strong, powerful relationship with their husband and their wife or with their son or daughter or their or there's people in their quality world, as he would call it, that they're close and they're loving and they're connected. Show me someone who has strong, healthy relationships. And I'll show you someone who is, for the most part, mentally healthy. 
But then he said, show me someone who is at odds with their spouse, at odds with their kids, at odds with their friends, at odds with their, those around them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll, sh- I'll show you someone who has problems with emotional and mental health. Uh, because they'll go into depression, anxiety, they'll go into all sorts of paranoia, whatever it may be. Because Glasser would say, and the Bible teaches this as well, that we were made to love and we're made to be loved. And so husbands, when you are loving your wives, like the Bible says, like Christ loved the church, and then when you're receiving that love back from her and back from your kids and mm-hmm. back from you know those in your family, then what begins to happen is you're now fulfilling the very reason why you were created, to love <laughs> and to be loved. Wow. You know, Jesus talked about that time and time again. He says, here's the all the commandments, you know, in in <laughs> in, in two two commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, all of this rests the law and the prophets. So loving, again, is one of those words that we throw around, but it's powerful. It's important. And so men, uh, especially for the men who asked this question, uh, learning how to do that, learning how to show that love, give that love, uh, speak that love language. And then most of all, to this guy who's a new Christian, grow in your faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at how Jesus loved. Look at how he interacted with people. Look at how he interacted with his followers. And when we love as he loved, and he said to do that, you know, love one another as I have loved you, when we learn how to do that, then we become the man, we become the leader, we become the husband, we become the dad that I believe God wants us to be, especially uh, in this new year. So this is a great time. Uh, anytime's a great time, but it's the new year. It's a great time to really reflect on your life, reflect upon where you are as a husband, where you are as a follower of Christ, uh, where you are as a dad, and bring that love pour that love into your family and see what God does in this new year. Yep. And guys, remember your wives are worth it and uh, we are blessed to have them. And uh, like we read in Matthew that we should pursue them as a great treasure. Um, This is the Family Answer Man and we are glad that you joined us today. I hope that uh, this episode of the Family Answer Man, uh, guys especially, has inspired you to make changes that will lead to a stronger, healthier, happier family. 